0: Your body is yours at the end of the day. And don't let the hateful we'll try and take it away. We want to be free. Yeah, we go our own way. Yeah, our body was made.
1: The following program contains adult language and mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. One
0: One more time.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the One Song Each podcast, where each member of the Rolls-Bine crew selects a song that reminds them of some random bullshit, and we talk about
1: it. Well, I'm trying to get away from the personal anecdotal stuff, because I, I don't want to be, like, the poor bitch. <laughs> Frank podcast. So I actually made a point of. <laughs> well, I gotta get rid of all of mine now. <laughs> well, no, because you haven't really done anecdotal stuff as much. Me and oh, me. And-
2: oh, yeah. Burn? All the anecdotal stuff I come up with are going to just be about you.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the point is, I'm trying to get away from that on, on my like my next two selections. You wanted one? So. Yeah,
2: because some of the podcasters took a shot at how... Uh, <laughs> no,
1: that was a good one. That was a good one. Michael, Michael Bailey. Michael
2: Bailey.
1: Because <laughs> what it was is, is Rob was talking about buying comics, and then he was like... And i joked that Rob was richy-rich because he could buy a ton of comic books, and I couldn't. And other people kind of picked up on it as well. Michael Bailey was like, just because Frank was raised in the house from Charlie the Chocolate Factory... <laughs>
2: Because <laughs> didn't you say something? Else? He was like, yeah, I kind of defended leaving that in. And I saw that and I was like, wait, was this a Frank is poor joke? <laughs> <laughs>
1: in last
2: <of> <laughs> Oh, my God. That is fun. <laughs>
1: that was a I great mean, I was line
2: upset I didn't come up
1: with.
3: Dude, I, <laughs> I, I, I will now dude we're gonna shop photoshop that shit oh my god dude yeah sick burn good Gl- glorious So in all your family more shirt one bed, head to feet
1: uh, there's there's elements of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: not that's not I, that's this well so,
1: so yeah bit. so that's just, I'm trying no 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 you can do it I've done it too often like everything I've picked so far has been too much personal stuff so I'm trying to like do something where I'm actually talking about the songs I obviously the songs should and often will have an impact on your life or reference elements of your life I just don't want that to feel like it's a requisite Mac over illegal machine
2: Okay, that was Tenacious D, Explosivo, off of their was it sometime?
1: eponymous album, I recall, yeah.
2: I chose this song, one, because it's a fantastic fucking song. Two, because that was the first time, this was 2002, mm-hmm. so how know. long goes 2002? 14, 14 years, years ago. 14 years ago. April 17th, 2002, I saw Tenacious D was coming to town that night, and I was trying to find somebody to go with. You couldn't go. I don't even know if I ever even got a hold of you.
1: I think I actually bowed out of that. I couldn't afford it, or, or I just wasn't up for it for some reason.
2: Yeah, because he was up at the shop. So I got a hold of. you I like, think you were like, hey, here's a hold of Mr. Fifthit. I was like, all right, cool. So I got a hold of Mr. Fix-It, and that was the first, because I didn't have a car, because I was broke, just as broke as this fucking broke. Probably here. more. As Charlie, probably here. more so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Charlie over here. I had the fucking house, everybody living in one mattress.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, so Mr. Fix-It had a car. A truck, thank you, Ronan. A truck, and with a lady death sticker <laughs> on the back. and no, a lady,
3: a green Martian writing a record.
1: It that one of those, is it a coupe? Yeah, it was a coupe. Okay.
2: So anyway... Cool. Yeah. Artist. Yeah. Oh, I thought you're talking about the type of truck. No. Standard cab. Right?
1: Yeah. That's that's the truck where your hood came off and flew at you, right? Yeah. Or flew up at you? Yeah.
2: We have a lot of stories posted. You were like, hell yes, I'll go see Tenacious D with you. So fix and I go to see Tenacious D. This was a formerly it's right now it's called Reventon Music Center. It was a, Before that it was Bayou City Center, Bayou Center. And before that, it was Verizon, Verizon. Wireless Center yeah. for a long time. So we went to the Verizon Wireless Theater in 2002, way before when paraphernalia were banned from inside of concerts. Like, now you just see vape smoke. But back yeah. then, it was like as soon as the lights went down, it was like, oh, my God. Like you could swim through the clouds. Yeah, away, right. Perfect. Did we, go, did we uh, get something to eat? No, no, no. First, so we I remember, not, I remember so, this thing. Hold on, hold on, man. The two, the oh, two, the two, the two little I, brothers? Yes. Okay, so there were two who were like twin brothers standing in front of us the had these enormous <laughs> afros. We felt like they were white kids. Right? Yeah, they're white kids with these huge curly afros in front of us. And at first, we just thought it was weird. How about 15 minutes into the show, we thought it was extremely hilarious. <laughs> because anyway, it t- I just remember this. It took Tenacious D forever to get on stage. Yeah. Before, like it was forever, and we were just standing around. Like, did they have an opening act? Or not? No. They might have had some shitty opening act. I don't remember. I it's really hard to remember. I remember. Really, really waited forever, and then once they actually started, we're all going nuts. And the show was phenomenal; like they blew the doors off this place, and they played skits. So this was back before YouTube. YouTube yeah. wasn't for the four years or so after that. Not a lot of people had access, especially our to the HBO show, so they played video from their skits, like the rock sperm for yeah. sale and stuff like that. Which but Baby Jesus, Jesus um, and the other one where he's given a uh, handjob, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so we had never seen that shit before, and it like blew our minds. We bought awesome merch. I bought a KGJB, which is Kyle Gass and Jack Black, but it's in the ACDC logo, the lightning bolt in the middle, a beanie in Houston. The thought i I buy a beanie for it in Houston, Texas? that I still have. I bought a shirt, but I don't know mm-hmm. where the shirt is. And for, I was dating Pussycat at the
3: time. And for her, I bought her the official Tenacious D comrade. Which is like, it's a towel with
2: like a, a little unicorn. A unicorn and a rainbow on <laughs> it. And, D- and it, D- it D- had D- a little
3: hook so you could <laughs> hook
2: it up there, and it, said, D, and it said on there, the official Tenacious D comrade. Hilarious, dude. So then we got super duper contact eye, watching this. Like, Fucking it, dude. Uh, uh, obliger- we don't partake in that type of stuff. So no, we don't we we jobs. You can be drug tested. I don't know. This was 2002. Actually, no, at the time. You, I you, think, were still in
1: school at that point. Yeah, you were in school.
2: Anyway, super duper contact eye. Crazy. Because that delay was so long that people were already smoking yeah. then. And then uh, that whole freaking show, that whole show, show was weed based. So it was, and I've been, I been—I went to a lot of concerts after that, and I'd still, by far, the most uh, marijuana Rolong smoke. I smelled in the arena. It was, it was ridiculous. Dude, it looked like a chichin chong concert. It was yes. just a cloud above everyone. I'm like, and people were much? like throwing weed up on stage yeah. to Jack Black because he was making oregano jokes. Like, who's throwing this oregano up here? And throwing oregano back out to the. And anyway, so we watched the show. The show was fantastic, hilarious for all sorts of reasons, apparently. And then we drive back and. We were like joke. I think we were trying to convince ourselves we weren't that. Yeah. Kind of well, kind of I, I knew something was wrong because I was like, I feel
3: really weird, and he kept laughing. I
2: remember <laughs> you kept we were laughing. both freaking dying laughing yeah. and everything, and then we stopped. Well,
3: no, we had to gas up, and I said, let's. I got to gas up real quick. I remember because it was a stop and go. We stopped to gas up, and you go, I'm gonna get some chips. And I was, all right, I'm we'll gonna get some chips too. And we go and buy like bags and bags, like just multiple bags of all kinds he of had, chips.
2: Like, I think I was getting like 3D Doritos because that was a thing back then. <laughs> It was freaking crazy. So that was uh, Mac and Figs' first night out. We yeah. became true bros ever. Yeah. Yeah, a and Tenacious D has never come back to Houston, ever. They've never come back. I, I want to say they've probably been to Dallas maybe one more time, because you have to make an extra long dip to get down to Houston, whereas they kind of skirt through Dallas. I want to say they've maybe been to Dallas like one other time. But they've never come back to Houston ever again. And they've probably never going to tour again. Maybe they will once they get super broke or whatever. But... Yeah, anytime I told people I was at that show, they get super pissed off because they remember, you know, they they kind of blew up. They weren't quite as blown up yet when the show came to town. Well, they, they did really kind of explode after that. I mean, that first album got to be pretty popular with Wonder Boy and all that stuff.
3: Well, I just want to add my little part to this one. So the only reason I went to the show was because you had given me a CD of Tenacious D.
1: And, I, and I'll point out, too, that I got it from Buzz, who was one of our uh, regular customers and who I often swapped music with. He's the one who gave me a copy of the D and I played it in the shop, and that's sort of what started getting folks well, you, into you it. You told
2: me about it, and you're like, here, I'll get you a copy. Well, and I, 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 I'll remember now, I was a Carney at this time because one of my buddies has never let me forget that I did not invite him to that show too. <laughs> we listened to it there. We would, After everybody left, because you need know, to play carnival music, we would pop to D and, and play it through the whole place's uh, sound system. So yeah, that's where I was at the time. Well, 2000, really? 2002, I know where I was in 2002. The, no,
3: the only reason I remember that that CD so well is you had loaned it to, or you gave me a copy. I had put. And I was listening to it, and Pussycat had bought me brand new, the Grand Theft Auto 3, the first 3D one that came out. And I was so addicted to that game that literally that th- the CD would play as I played the game. You know how I do multi I multitask whenever I'm doing shit. And I would play that game for hours, and that CD would just loop for hours. And so whenever he wanted to go, I was like, Oh, I'm down. Like I've heard that CD so many times, I want to see it live. So yeah, that's thing. Little-
1: <laughs> I definitely have always regretted not going to that show too, but I didn't have the money. And I just I wasn't as into the D as you guys were. And I love I love the D. I'm not actually that huge of a fan I of Explosivo. Did. Yeah, I'm. I'm like I made a mix: uh, Tenacious D, Soul Coughing, Eve Six, and I left Explosivo off of that mix.
2: But okay, so the reason I chose Explosivo is because during the show, when he uh, is turning into the uh, Angel Crusher, he threw his guitar on the ground. Mimicked jerking off into it, and then as he mime ejaculated, he per- turned morphed into the ejaculant and like dove down onto the guitar, and then started like flapping around stage like this winged animal because <laughs> I'd seen him do it again. Whenever I've looked at live performances, he did it the time. That was his thing. But I remember like watching him do that on stage after only hearing it basically on a CD and see him do it, it was freaking insane. This was before Jack Black had really blown up either. He was mm-hmm. still. Uh, he was smart. the guy from High you, Fidelity right he was C-list guy who would make uh, oh I
1: remember that guy from that. yeah he's the loud
3: guy he's the guy that came out in the Bruce Willis movie as the guy who sold him the weapon oh
1: the jackal the jackal, the jackal stuff like that so I knew who. god was you guys there. you and your brother made me watch this that was fucking was movie man,
2: so this was pre-school of rock Jack Black or when he oh was years before school of rock, rock. But, but that was when he got really 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 popular so this was, um, he, was almost, he was almost known more for his like talk show appearances you know yeah. he was oh I love what Jack Black thought. he's hilarious he's that guy from that movie. But that really now he's guy. like literally like a, he became a lead, lead actor for a while. there. Yeah, but that was freaking crazy. It was still one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Just we didn't know what to expect. And we saw tons of stuff like you had, you had no Like the skits and stuff were absolutely no yeah. the the That the at one time was that show boring. No. It was no. just boom, 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 boom. boom yeah, well, aside from waiting forever for them yeah. to come out on stage. Like, again, it, I remember this 14 years later, how long it took for them to get out on stage, <laughs> uh, which means it's probably way less than I Anyway, that's my song for my one song each.
1: By the way, remember how long it took to download the animated video for Fucker Softly? Or Gently? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you actually downloaded it off of one of the services... And you, you had a copy of that that we were able to watch. Yeah. That you saved to your computer so that we could watch it repeatedly. So, so what, great
2: great cartoon. The uh, Dark Ages. Because
1: that was like a John Crick wasn't it? I don't know what it
2: was, but it was it's the Dark Ages.
1: The Ren and guy. Yeah yeah. I don't
2: know. The Dark Ages. We couldn't just go online and just stream it, real quick.
1: Right. There wasn't a YouTube it or
2: anything. Did not exist. This was not possible. <laughs> we had to go through dark channels. The
0: best music on the best nation.
1: You're listening to one song each. Keith G. Baker notes, in which you find out that Tom Petty invented steampunk. Ryan Daly writes, Hilarious episode, but funniest bit was Fix-It, hypothetically seeing Frank dance in junior high. That's that fucker that dances. He thinks this is like Grease for real. This is shot on
2: Ever get beat up by 12 tough guys in a dog alley? Take our weight for it. Victims don't feel real good. Don't make yourself a victim to hard drugs. If you do, we'll break all your arms and all your legs.
3: Naughty Nymphs. We're bringing you live an exclusive interview with two of the sensational Nymph Sisters, stars of the exciting new film... Naughty nymphs.
0: It was all Elizabeth's fault. She wouldn't fall in love. She's not normal
3: like us. So we mixed up a few potency pills to help her get it on. Potency pills? Uh-huh. We discovered a secret formula that really works. <laughs> Does it ever? Did it work for Elizabeth? <laughs> but did she become a naughty nymph, too? Oh, she thought they were sleeping pills and gave them to her patients at the clinic. You can't blame us for the riot. Riot? Well, you can imagine what happens when a bunch of old men suddenly feel like young roosters. You mean they actually... And then it was the mutis colony. And the ambassador. Who? His Excellency was embarrassed. Uh, and Harry? The uh, girls, the uh, girls, uh, the naughty no. nymphs. Oh, no. oh, well, our time is up. You'll have to see the movie to discover the exciting secrets of those naughty nymphs. Naughty nymphs. Rated
0: R, under 17, not admitted without parent. There are hamburgers, and then there are hamburgers. Like the kind you get at Whataburger. Fresh as it can be, it's more than a hamburger. It's a hamburger. And at Whataburger, well, you never pay extra for lettuce and tomato. That's why hamburgers go by lots of names. But there's only one way to describe a hamburger. And that's a Whataburger. Your
1: music. The 108 Sage, Ali Bats, Dr. Ange, Matt Shapirak, A Beardo Talks Film, Bone Dragon Comics, Rudy's Kitchen, Cash Flag, John De Niro, Chris Sheehan, Comic Book Vault, David Golden Studios, Dr. Gene Artologist, Doug Zuisha, Dragon Sexy Robots and Adventures Podcast, FK Jason, Gore Tolton, Grateful Dalek, Ice in the Face, Jake and Tom Cocker Podcast, Joe Crawford, Justice First Dawn, T.G. Baker, Kevin Dodgy, Bongbock Crusade, M.G.J. Productions, the Namor Submariner Podcast, I've Dad Out Podcast, Patent of the Green, Pod Dylan, Pal Science, Randy Caldwell, Resurrections, and Anna Morlock and Thanos Podcast. Ryan Daly, John Michael Ortega, Ciscoid, Terrence Castanway, Trekker Talk Podcast, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Romero, Warehouse Nine, When It Was Cool.
0: Nobody!
3: Okay. Do you want me to go next? Or? If you like, yeah Okay, so since we're gonna I, I had thought about this song Because me and Frank were playing Listening to some music Earlier yesterday And there was a bunch of songs And I was telling Frank All these stories I remembered This song here Has a special memory for me
1: The King's Lola Oh shit I'm gonna have a theme To go with this thing Yeah, yeah I, I know what mine's gonna be now
3: My song is Lola by the Kinks, and I have a special memory of that song. We've never given our ages away, so I'll only give this... To well, it's an older song, so yeah, yeah. I you. Yeah, and of you. course, my mom had introduced me to the Kinks, and so I knew their music. I knew their music because my mom would listen to the music a lot. And you know, I was a little bit of a handful of my parents, so they thought it'd be smart to send me off to my uncle to live in California, not realizing he's the true hellraiser in our family, the craziest uncle, my favorite uncle, and so they sent me to go hang out with the old man, and my uncle was the kind of guy that you're a man do what you gotta do and it was that simple like do whatever you gotta do and we uh we were doing some work electrical work and we had to go to mexico so my uncle says you and me and then he had two partners that were doing electrical work we gotta go we gotta rewire this home i said okay he says you're gonna be the assistant Fine. Right. so we go we go to tijuana mexico so we go we do we do the work it was like a hotel and stuff we're doing all this electrical work with these other electricians we get done and that night my uncle's and them decide we're gonna go to strip bar Nice. Go to the strip bar Tijuana at that time Which was a long long time ago Was fucking insane I, The stories I tell people I'm like I freaked out When we were there Basically they would just Look at my ID and like yeah You look good enough To come in So we would go Into the club
1: And it's worth noting too That Mr. Fixit Is not a small man He's a no. tall
3: Broad dude So we go to the strip bar Dark Skank Like I think of Every time I think of it I always think of the bar From Dust and Dawn
0: We're slashing pussy in half. Give us an upper on our best selection of pussy. This is a pussy blowout. Alright, we got white pussy, black pussy, Spanish pussy, yellow pussy, we got hot pussy, cold pussy, we got wet pussy, we got smelly pussy, we got hairy pussy, bloody pussy, we got snapping pussy, we got silk pussy, velvet pussy, talga high pussy, we even got horse pussy, dog pussy. Chicken pussy, come on, you want pussy? Come on there, lover. If
3: we don't got it, you don't want it. The titty twister. Titty twister. Very titty twister-like. <laughs> um, and so we're sitting there, and the women are all along the wall, and you just pick, and they'll sit on your lap. And so they're playing music, and there's women stripping, but it's completely new stripping. Or Well, they start clothed And then they work their way down like, I remember it was Two Hispanic women Go up on stage They start dancing And they start playing this song And I know the lyrics Of the song Everyone's drunk My phone and all his buddies Are wasted And I'm like This song's not a transvestite. Like, like, are we in the right kind of bar? Like, I'm freaking out Because this is the first Strip bar I've ever been to It's super dangerous Like, I felt not entirely safe Because I knew we were in Mexico So shit could go sideways Real fast And it's not I can call mom and dad To come pick me up So I was a little I was a little nervous But I just remember The song Planner And the place was just I mean dude It was insane Smoke Beer everywhere People are doing things With objects I mean it's, it's the titty twister And for some reason Every time I mean there's so many the songs I remember Because every club You went to They would play American rock but I don't think they knew what it was. They're just throwing rock music up there just for the girls to dance. They were dancing like some really weird shit. So we were there the whole night. I just remember one of the processors trying to proposition me. I'm freaking out. I'm like, no, 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 I'm okay. I'm okay. My uncles and them are think it's hilarious. And then we go. The club has another part where you can dance with the strippers. Not like strip one, but just dance. And you pay a dollar. And I remember we're sitting. There and I told my uncle, "This is really weird." We're sitting at the bar, and it's lit. You can see the bar, you can see us, but you can't see the middle of the dance floor. And my uncles' buddies are going to dance with women. I'm like, "Why do they keep going over there? Why do they keep going over there?" And I'm, I'm a kid, so I'm kind of really curious, but I'm, I'm curious, but I'm freaked out. And I just remember my uncle saying to I me. Mean, give the girl $5 and you can dance for a song and whatever happens on the dance floor happens on the dance floor. And I was like, what? I mean, dude, it was just... A oh, true
2: coming-of-age moment <laughs> Yeah, it was Tijuana was something different This sounds like the worst after-school special <laughs> I've ever heard in my entire
1: life I don't know, I think a lot of people could have benefited From that particular type of experience at Or that it sounds
2: like the best after-school special I've ever heard in my entire life
3: it was, it was cool because I got to experience But it was scary because now as I'm older I mean, something could have happened
2: When you describe your uncle, I actually picture Cheech Marin
0: Ben-chan pussy shoppers Take advantage of our fancy pussy sales if you buy one piece of pussy at a regular price, you get another piece of pussy of equal or lesser value for only a penny. Try a beat pussy for a penny. If you can find cheaper pussy anywhere, fuck it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Almost. Interesting. And I I always remember... And I mean that in the most positive way. But I grew up a lot there. Yeah, it was it You like a sweet old man. When I first got there, I remember he told me, you can't stay in the house while I'm at work, because I didn't work from right away. And I said, what am I supposed to do? He gave me bus fare, and he told me, just take a bus and do a transfer. Take a bus. And I took buses all over... We were in Pasadena, California, down to Los Angeles, to East L.A., and I ended up getting stuck around South Central Watts area, and I didn't know anything. I just remember seeing the burned out buildings, and I'm like, fuck, I don't know where to go. So I go to a gas station, and I had my uncle's phone on. This is before Pagers, before, be, uh, or no, not before Pagers, but before cell phones. I go, I call my uncle's house. My uncle's there, he's like, where you at, I'll come pick you up. And I tell him the location. He says, wherever you're at, stay inside. I said, okay. So I'm in the gas station, and I just remember sitting there for a long time. He comes rolling up. He tells me where I was, how how lucky I am nothing happened. I never felt in danger, but that's just the way my uncle was. He's like, you know, go out and have adventures, just the way he always was. I mean, this is the same man who took me to Vegas. That same summer I stayed with him, we went to Vegas, I gambled in Vegas, and we went to Laughlin.
2: Hey, don't um, blow all your one song each story, bro. No. <laughs> you got a little cachet there. Yeah, but th- this this was that was a
3: great song. Or is this foreshadowing? Yeah. It was a great summer. I did a lot of shit that summer.
2: I've never heard that song before in my life.
1: You've never heard Lola? No. Really? I don't think so. Oh, wow. Catchy tune.
2: Yes, it is. Early 70s, I I, I don't call. know where I would run into kinks music. Like, I just don't think I would come across the shit, unless it's...
1: What wasn't My Sharona kinks? I think so. Yeah, you know My Sharona. Yeah,
2: I know My Sharona because it was a commercial song.
1: And reality bites. I think you saw right. Reality bites. Yeah.
2: So you never had So logo? you're in the H. Yeah. yeah. So you never saw it? I don't think I've ever. Think so. It's a good song, but I just remember thinking it's about transvestism. Yeah. Didn't you hear the song? I mean, I don't know. I a lot of people have heard the song, and not
1: really. Would you? What do you want to bring up the lyrics, Frank? Right quick? Yeah, go ahead. No, I don't. I don't have the internet. So. Yeah,
2: I really I take like your this. I take your word. Yeah. Ahead. I believe you. Okay. What about you, Frankosaurus Rex?
1: Okay. Well, oddly enough, I have a thematically appropriate song. But I, and like I said, I'm not going to be going to so much personal elements this time because I, I think I've thought maybe too much oversharing, and I didn't want it to be uh, what the show is about. Well,
2: this episode definitely <laughs> got a lot of sharing. <laughs> There's a lot maybe
1: of sharing. This isn't the one for you to pull? Right. Well, uh, no. So anyhow, 1992 On the radio is a song, Blood Makes Noise by Suzanne Vega, and I'm digging that song. And then... Turn around twice, my father has bought the album 99.9 Fahrenheit Degrees. I make a copy of it old or he gives me a copy. I can't remember what exactly happened. But I absolutely fall in love with this album. It's still one of my favorite albums of all time. I've got the album art as a poster on the wall of my little den area. And I've had that poster for over a decade now.
2: Rick's office, as we call it, the prison
1: pit. <laughs> Susan Vega, I just, I, I love her. I think she's an extraordinary singer-songwriter. But she doesn't actually read music. She, like, sees color and and, and shapes, and that's how she makes
2: yeah, I think, the audio that the stuff. is that She's not a classically trained pianist. She she, yeah, plays.
1: but she's not a pianist. She she plays guitar. I think yeah. I think you're thinking of Tori Amos. I'm talking about Suzanne Vega. Tori Amos yeah, my bad. Yeah. she also
2: sees Bo- coloring bullshit.
1: Okay, both redheads. Know. Yeah.
2: So I that's love a, just another broad on the damn <laughs> mixed tape of his
1: life. So like I said, Suzanne Vega. Still love her as a singer songwriter. She really. Emphasizes being a lyricist, though. And 99.9 Fahrenheit Degrees was an experimental album. She had been doing more folk-type material... But in that album, she met a producer named Mitchell Froome who pushed toward a uh, more experimental industrial sound, which worked really well with her much softer vocals, the contrast of the two. And, of course, industrial was getting pretty big in that, that time period, around 92. Yep. And so I'm really into this album. I, I love it to pieces. I listen to it over and over again. But there was one song in particular that I thought helped to showcase what a great songwriter she was. And that song was called As Girls Go. I can over the course of that video. Okay, so here's the interesting thing. The Kinks Lola came out in 1970, and the song was banned in, I think it was Australia and the UK. There was also a big backlash because of it's dealing with uh, a scenario where a young man is having a romantic encounter with either a transvestite or a transgendered person. And also they referenced Coca-Cola in the song, so that was a big issue too. So a lot of people had major issues with this Skinks song. I know when I was growing up, it was one of those songs where it's like kind of a, a song you would snicker at because like, ha ha, the guy doesn't know it, it, it's a trans person, right? And in that respect, it kind of resembled Dude Looks Like a Lady by Aerosmith too, which was another big hit in the late 80s. years after the Kinks song comes out, this song comes out. And it's dealing much more frankly, much more overtly with issues of transgendered persons, right? And the way she's framing it, I mean, she's, she's you know, did you ever keep the date with the steel side of the knife? Doesn't matter to me which side of the line you have to be at any given time, blah, blah, blah. So, as presented in the song, she's a person with some intellectual curiosity who's having a conversation with a trans person. In, in 92, it's like, wow, that's really you know ahead of the curve, and what smart lyricism, and, and just the fact that she's willing to tackle this subject that's yeah, so brave and so progressive. And what's interesting is, you know, again, this is 22 years after the Kinks, and then we're now like 24 years away from when this song was released, right? And what's funny is, as we've progressed as a society, you know, we, we you deal more with trans people in life now than you might have in the past you know I worked alongside trans people I was friendly with uh, quite a few of them so, so I kind of learned the do's and the don'ts there's some it's it's sort of like you had that movie not too long ago called Dear White People where they're saying you know hey don't ask us about our weaves don't touch our hair why do you want to touch my hair that kind of stuff where it's like why are you transgressing these boundaries what should be natural boundaries you're treating me like I'm somewhat less than you that I should be something to be touched in shit. and so the same thing is true with trans people we've learned you know you don't bring that shit up it's none of your business whether they have been cut or haven't been cut what's important is what is their identity who do they see themselves as being respecting you know in the same way you would respect somebody of their religion if somebody decides they're going to be a christian or they're going to be a buddhist you're like well have you done all the steps to be a buddhist you know it's like you don't ask that kind of shit in polite society you know you don't do that you maybe do that with a close friend where you understand where the boundaries are but to some random person you might meet in a club or you're like a rock star who talking to somebody who's trans, you wouldn't do that kind of stuff. So now when I listen to As Girls Go, what was like this really cool advanced song I now realize is really out of bounds, really inappropriate. I would be surprised if she continues to play this song in concerts because I could see where that would be kind of hurtful and invasive and inappropriate. And then you look back at the King's song, it's really more like, no, it's just innocent. He doesn't really know. And the attraction is there. He's attracted to this woman that he's meeting in Soho and, you know, he doesn't really know or he kind of knows, but he's kind of like... Not really concerned about it, and so now it flips. That's more like where we are now, where it's like if you're an advanced enough person, it doesn't matter to you. If you see this person and you're attracted to this person, then it doesn't matter whether they were born what they were born as, you know. If, if you're cool with it, if you're advanced enough to where that's not an issue for you, just do your thing and it doesn't have to matter anymore. And now this is a song where you're like, geez, kind of tacky, Suzanne Vega. So it's just interesting how times can twist and turn on you and how you perceive something at one point in your life and at one point in the culture can totally flip and uh, do a one eighty on you.
2: Well, and, and that's what I was. That's why I was looking on my phone. I was trying to figure out is this song pro transgender or is this? Song against transgender. Uh, I, yeah. I The more the, the song, the literature feed me a
0: little
1: bit, I'm like, what the hell is she trying to say? Yeah, because there's all these assumptions about, oh, what was wrong? What went wrong? What dark thing happened to turn you trans? Like, maybe they're just born biologically the wrong gender, which is something we understand a lot better now than we did in 1992. It's very judgmental. It's very intrusive. It makes a lot of unwise uh, assumptions. It's a very problematic song at this point in time.
2: Well, I think the, the main hook is condescending. That's mm-hmm. girls go. You know, like yeah. you, you make a pretty good girls girls go, girl, or a really good girls go girl, You know what
1: I mean? Very condescending.
2: Super condescending. That's why I was like, well, where is Ellen Frank going this year? Yeah. When I when I, when I, I wasn't. I wasn't like reading too far into it. That it's
3: know, messed up. I well, see. My story is just. I just thought it was odd. They were playing that in a strip bar.
1: Oh yeah. and well, I'm not. I'm not judging that at all. all right. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't like trying to make. Again, a, and I'll tell you too. Yeah. Uh, having been friends with trans people, you know, there's a lot of times where somebody thinks that there are things there that are not there or things with there that they're not expecting out there. And sometimes you have a very violent reaction to that. I mean, I think that they're still dealing with the politics of how much do you tell, how much are you allowed to assume about this other person? and what their boundaries are and what they're willing to allow for, it's all still so precarious. It's all so tenuous. We're all still kind of figuring out how to relate to one another and what we're comfortable with. And a lot of it comes down to societally, we just have to get past the gender stuff. Because obviously there are beautiful trans people out there, and there's no reason why a trans person that is, appears to be a woman is a beautiful person, why they should have to like put a surgeon's warning label on their
3: outfit I just remember like the, the girls da- the girls dancing <laughs> and I was thinking, okay, they're playing Lola, that's weird. So I was kind of like, are we in the right club? And then the girl flashed and I'm like, oh yeah, we're in the right club, so okay. But it was just weird that they would play. I mean, they, I, the strippers were dancing to, um, God, what is that damn song? Uh, I've got the power. They were just throwing anything up there that was fast beat.
1: Well, I mean, you're you're talking about, too, that you got folks who don't even speak that language. Yeah, so true, how, how true. are you supposed to catch the subtleties of a song that at that point would have also been decades old? True. Because yeah. you're talking about you you were hearing Lola at a strip club probably somewhat contemporaneous to when Suzanne Vega
2: was putting out her song. One song each. Thank you for listening.
1: One song each is a rolled spine podcast. This is a not-for-profit fan production. Any copyrighted materials used is believed covered under fair use, with no infringement intended. Please leave your comments and criticisms on our website. We especially encourage participation on this show. Feel free to call in and leave a request. Maybe you'll even get featured on the show. We thank you for your rapt attention.